5, 18 to 21, reading out of the New Living Translation. Would you stand for the reading of our text? The thought that I want you to concentrate on is, we are called to be and to do for the kingdom of God. If you're saved, you've been called. And you've been called to be something and to do something for the kingdom of God. We, we will deal with that something. We will make that clear. At least we shall begin to uh, make it clear. Amen. 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 2 Corinthians 5, 18, verse 20 through 21 reads as such. And all of this is a gift. You don't work for it. You can't buy it. You're not good enough. It is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ Jesus. And God has given us the task, the responsibility, the excitement of reconciling, bringing people back to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, no longer counting peoples or counting our sins against us. Hallelujah. And he gave us this wonderful word, this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are now Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal to the world through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the sin offering for our sins so that we could be made right or the righteousness with God through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are called to be and to do something for the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, we say hallelujah. Well, bring everything back into my remembrance that you want me to say. Lord, just through your spirit, Lord, guide me, Lord, Lord, show me, Lord. Lord, you write words, write, write illustrations, write. Lord, just speak. Holy Spirit, just speak. We need to hear a word from you. We need to see you like we have never seen you before. Help us to realize that you have made us to be and to do for the kingdom. Lord, even, even now, even now, Lord, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Many times the way we see things are not the way things are. We see things from a limited perspective. And because we don't see it from a biblical perspective, we under 
underestimate or we really don't understand the significance even of life itself. Now, now, because we are God's children and we've been called because we've been transferred, because we've been translated, because we've been placed into his kingdom agenda, it's God wants us to see things more clearly. Hallelujah. One of the things that we don't understand, we just think that Jesus came and he was born in Bethlehem and it's a cute story. You know, we sing cute songs about it and we see these cute stories. But did you know that God invaded the kingdom of Satan when Jesus was born on earth? It was an invasion. <laughs> there, 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 was, there, was a, there was a clash of kingdoms. If Satan could have stopped it, matter of fact, he tried to stop it and couldn't stop it. Why? Because he recognized that God had come to invade his kingdom, to pull us out of darkness and bring us into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. Jesus invaded the kingdom of Satan to come get you. That's something to shout about. Because we all was in the kingdom of Satan, whether you know it or not. God made that very apparent to me. And, and I accepted Jesus Christ at eight years old, but as I got older, I, I deliberately ran the other way. When God got ready to bring me back, one of the things he did was open up the window of good and evil, and I entered into the spiritual world, in this spiritual battle, as God navigated me through it. Here I am sitting on my bed about one o'clock at night saying this stuff can't be true because God had to put fear in me because I did not fear too much. But I'm telling you, you don't know evil till you see it. <laughs> and here I am sitting on the side of my bed and God comes and I feel this voice. It's like I can hear him in my ear. And he said, choose. Now, I'm kind of slow. What I said was, Lord, I don't want to choose. And he came back and said, choose. And I said, Lord, I choose you. As soon as I did that, a wave came over me. It was like a wall. It was, it was larger than life. You got to get this. A new dimension came over. An influence move was forced to move out and another influence move in. And as soon as God's influence way, it's almost like there was a, a, if I could create a line, this line goes up to heaven. It went over me. And when it went over me, everything changed. And I felt this other kingdom hit up against it. Whether you know it or not, you are either in one or the other. There's no middle ground to it. Where is a spiritual mention of kingdoms 
And we are either operating from the resources and attitude of one or the other. We think that we're living on a natural plane. You are a spiritual being that has a spirit and a soul. And we are operating in a natural realm, but what is operating over the natural realm is a spiritual realm. And we are either tapping into one or the other. Because God has chosen us, we now ought to be tapping into the kingdom of God and the resources of God. We have a purpose. We got a calling. We got a anointing. You know why we're not experiencing more anointing? It's because we ain't doing nothing for the kingdom. And until you get busy for the kingdom, why should you need more anointing? God is still a miracle working God. God still will make a way out of nowhere. God still will raise up the sick. God will still deliver you. God will still provide. But if you're not doing his kingdom work, why should you see the power of God released in your life? <laughs> see, God is about his kingdom. And you know, where, know who he's blessing? You know where favor comes? Is when you have accepted your assignment and you are about kingdom business. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't understand something, Rev. Jesus came to establish, and he's king of, 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 a, of a new kingdom. He, 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 he invaded the kingdom of Satan. He's now in the kingdom of light. But he only was here for three and a half years in ministry. <laughs> but you know what? He's still here in you and I. The ministry he started, we supposed to continue. You've been called to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ in your life. Can I break this down even more? I divided the kingdom or what he started, Jesus' ministry, in three areas. And those three areas, you, you can put everything, all your talents, all your gifting, all your purpose fit in three areas. Right. Now, he will use you in particular, but he's using you in one of these three areas. All right. All right. Okay? Today, I'm not going to get real deep into it, but I'm going to give you an overview of the three areas. One of the areas that, that Jesus came to fulfill in his life that he has passed down to the church was Jesus was a prophet. Got that. He's a prophet. Now, a lot of times when we think of a prophet, we think of someone who foretells the future. But that was not the main job of a prophet. The main job of the prophet was to proclaim what God is saying to the culture that we live in. My brother and sister, one of the problems is the church has lost its relevance. We're not, we're not relevant to the culture. We, 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 have, we have come in here and we have related our, we, we have transferred everything to God to Sunday morning from 1045 to 1 o'clock. And, and then we go out and we live like everybody else. Wait a minute. Jesus wasn't inside of a building. He did most of his ministry outside of the building. He was out there with the people, touching people, 
speaking the word to the people, he was among the people. Many churches have, 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 have closed in in the wall and said, we're safe in here. Well, that's why the world don't went to hell in a handbasket. Part of some of the things that we started with, the after-school program with the CEG, with the 3M, was because when we was walking, we recognized that we saw hopelessness in the young kids and young ladies' eyes. And we realized that the church responsibility is to meet people where they act and to speak into their needs, into their hurts, and give them purpose for life. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Lord Jesus Christ came to give life and life more abundantly. And that applies in every area of life. We have made spirituality something that is spooky. Instead of making it relevant where it changes life, it empowers life, where it shows people how to live life, where it lifts people up, where it sets people free. My, my brother and sister, unless we're pouring into somebody else, we're not doing kingdom work. Can, can, can I say this? Can I say this? Can I say, unless you love people. Don't, don't, don't tell me how much you love God. Show me how much you love him by how much you love people. Because you can't tell me you all that deep into Jesus and you don't like people. Now, don't get me wrong. People may get on your last nerves. <laughs> but he died for, you invest in what he invested in. And somehow, the church and we collectively and, in, and individually got to make an investment in what he thought was worth dying for. He died for us. He died for those that are still lost, but he's trying to call them in. You know what? God went to the bitter end to come get me. Did, did you know, you may not know this, he did everything he could to get you. Don't, don't think that you found him. He found you. He came where you was at and set up a situation where you couldn't say no. You, you were saved by grace, not by works. He is good. Matter of fact, he probably used somebody to get your attention. <laughs> Are we out there? Have we positioned our place in a platform where we are, 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 are being touched by people and touching people? Sister Carter, sometimes you, you, you are funny. <laughs> Let me explain. She is part of the after-school program that go to J.P. Parker and help teach these kids after school about Jesus. Amen. They're looking for help. 
See, Sister Carter or Sister Nancy, honey, and they will help you. Now, what's this? She makes appointment with other pastors because we're the only church in the city that's doing that, African-American church. So her heart is, we got to get churches into church in the schools. We got to get to our babies. That's kingdom thinking. That's kingdom understanding. See, that's not playing it safe. Some of y'all thinking, those bad kids, I don't think so. <laughs> and that's exactly where God wants us to think. Listen, you have a testimony. You know what God has done for you. You ought to know the goodness of God. There's something you can say about Jesus. You don't have to know all the answers. You just need to know that you've been saved. You ought to talk about what you used to do and you don't do it no more because he done made a difference in your life. You should not be ashamed of your past. You ought to use your past as a platform of saying, let me tell you where I've been. I know I don't look like where I came from, but he's been good to you have always had it together. Matter of fact, you really don't got it all together. You just not as bad as you used to be and grace got you covered. Ain't you glad that you covered from your head to your toe? That is not about how good you are, but you just keep getting back up. We are prophets. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a prophet. In the general sense of the word, you are a proclaimer by your life. Amen. Amen. Don't rele- don't re- relevate that just to me. You, you've been saved. You have experienced him. You know how good he is. That should be your number one agenda to get that to somebody. On your job. In your home, you got something, open up your mouth and say so. Well, I may hurt their feelings. Yeah, their feelings are going to really be hurt when they in hell because you didn't tell them. Where's the, the second one is that what fits with the first one. We are priests. Let me show you the difference between a prophet and a priest. The prophet comes from God with the knowledge of God, with the word, with the word of God to the world. You come in here to go out. You come in here to go out. And if you ask God to use you, he will put you in places. He will bring people. He will set you up. And he would give you the words to say. Okay? Now, the priest went from the people into God with the needs of the people. Huh. He came from the crowd 
to, the, to God and say, Lord, they need. Lord, they're hurting. Lord, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies one time a year and he would cover with blood. He had the blood of a lamb on his right ear, loaf, on the right thumb, on the right big toe, and he would go in the Holy of Holies to make a pleasement to God for the people's sin so that God will hold off till Jesus come. Did you know in God's mind that, that Jesus was crucified from the beginning of the world? Did you know that before Genesis 1-1, God had it all planned out? Did you know that, 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 that they already had it all worked out before he said, let there be? Did you know that Jesus knew he had to come? Listen, God knew that God had to become one of us to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. You want to talk about goodness? You want to talk about mercy? You want to talk about compassion? He knew all the wrong we was going to do and say, I still die for her. I still die for him. I, I still going to take the sacrifice. Why? Because he had compassion. Where is the compassion? The priest has a compassion. The priest feels the need of the people and take it to God. How is it that we can watch a homeless man and think we're better than them? When we see people where the world had beat them up, where the devil, and listen, if it wasn't for his grace and mercy, when you hear the stories of people who are out there, some of them are there because they was pushed out there by their parents. <laughs> Somebody got the care. Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel says this, verse, I, I think it's 22, verse 30. He says this. He said, I sought for a man to set up a hedge, to build a wall of righteousness, to build a guard between them and me. I wanted someone to fill their needs and to reach to me in prayer. I wanted someone that would intercede for the trouble in the land and the sin in the land. Now listen what he says. I found nobody. There's just a thing called, and, and I'll take you just a little bit here. There's just a thing called the ministry of intercessory prayer. And that is when God says, can I trust you with my burden? Can I lay on you what I'm hurting about? about the people of the world. And what, I said, and what will happen is it will come wake you up in the middle of the night or that burden will come on you and you have to go intercede. It's, it's, it's the most sensitive, spiritually sensitive ministry I have ever experienced before in my life. I don't operate it too much anymore because there's nowhere I could bear that and being pastor at the same time. <laughs> and what he's saying is, I'm looking, my spirit is searching for someone that is spiritually sensitive that I can let, he said, because my sister, now I got to pay close attention. There's some things that unless you intercede, 
it doesn't release God to move on. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me take that a little bit farther. God has become in partnership with his people. And there's some things, unless we do it, God can't act on it. We don't understand the responsibility we have and the power we have because we don't know who we are. So right this, so watch this, so watch this. So God will move on you to relieve him to intercede or, or move on somebody's behalf. And if you, and if he can't find nobody, this verse said he couldn't find nobody, so he has to come and deal with sin and smite the earth. But his first move was someone intercede for them. Someone cry out for them. Somebody feel my compassion for them. But because I set you up as prophet and priest on the earth, if you don't care, my, my brothers and sisters, do you know who we are? Do you understand what God is saying we can walk in? Do you understand that this is actually taking on the ministry of Jesus through us and, and God will empower us to walk in what we never thought we could walk in. He wants somebody on their face before him saying, Lord, I feel your heart. I feel your burden. Lord, have mercy. Then he said, if my people turn from their wicked ways, and call on me, I will come and heal the land. Well, guess what? He said, even if you're not in it, if you will pray for them, I will do something. Listen, he gave that to us. Third one. We're prophets. We're priests. We're God's kingdom children. Hold on, hold on. Our God is a king. Jesus is a king. If we're his children, aren't we kings and queens? We, now, 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 this one is a little bit more difficult. But the illustration I see in this is David and Solomon. David, when he became king, he took this band of tribes and turned them into a kingdom. Wait a minute. Let's, let's go a step farther. David established Israel at that time as the most powerful empire of that time. Hold on, hold on. Now we'll go a little bit deeper. As David rose up, guess what happened to the people? They rose up. Hallelujah. Everybody was afraid of David and Israel. And hold on, they were afraid of their God. Listen, listen, as they became more known and renowned, they knew that their God was Jehovah God and that their God must be God. I mean, you know what God is trying to do? Raise us up. One of the reasons that I established the 3M ministry that Deacon Jefferson as the director was, 
It came out of walking the streets. Came out of talking to the young men and young ladies out there that's in the drug game, and they had no hope to get out. And when, and when they asked, Do we, can, can, can you help us get a job? I had no answer for them. The world wasn't looking for an answer. So we established the 3M ministry that helped educate, get job ready, and find jobs for young men and young ladies that otherwise would be out there for the street. Okay, secondly, the 3M turned into uh, the, the CEG. That spun out of the 3M ministry because part of that was we need to get more churches involved. Out of more churches involved, I'm the one who said we need to get our churches and our businesses together so that we can grow our businesses so that they can create jobs to hire our young men and our young ladies. Before we did it, it was not established. No CEG in the country was doing that. They was just dealing with banks. I said, that's not good enough. Why? Because that's just talking about churches. So what about our kids on the street? What about our businesses that are struggling? If you bring the infrastructure of the churches and the infrastructure of the businesses and bring them together, we can change some things. Last year, with the, with the churches and the businesses, the churches brought into the businesses, was it $3 million? Did y'all hear that? Through the connection of churches and black businesses, the black businesses gained $3 million. What are we trying to do? We're trying to say the church responsibility is to affect the living in our communities because as the kingdom grows, the name of God grows, and people ought to be lifted up. Listen, that's, that's kingdomship. Let me, let, me, let me see if I can tie this in real quick. Solomon lifted the kingdom to such a degree that people of other kingdoms came to see what, what Solomon had. His fame, his reputation became such that Queen Sheba out of Africa came to, to see if all that she was hearing was true. Now, now the thing is that the Bible said it wasn't just her. People from all from over the world was coming. They was coming and they was blessing King Solomon, but really what they was doing was paying homage to his God. They said let me see if what I heard is true. I heard about your kingdom, and I know that your kingdom is because of your God. And then here, here, here go Miss Sheba. She says, Whoo, you take my breath away. <laughs> That's that really what she said. She said, she said, what I heard, not even the half have been told of what I see. Many believe that she went away serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it was God in the Old Testament, Jehovah God in the Old Testament. Why? Because of what she saw. I got a question. 
when people meet you, do they walk away saying, what a God? God wants to lift you so that they can see him and want what you got, which is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, 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 listen. God is not trying to keep us the tail. He's trying to make us the head. That's why we ought to let our kids go to school, but let them know that their platform is for God. But my, listen, God won't lift you if he can't trust you. If I'm not about kingdom business at this level, why do I expect God to take me to the next level when I'm not being faithful at this level? The principles I learn now and you learn now is going to take us to the next level. But if he can't trust me to be the example, have the character of Jesus at this level, why in the world would he trust me with more? Listen, God bless faithfulness because our God is faithful. And when we are faithful with a little, won't he give you more? Listen, and the more is not so we can brag about our more is that we can pour into the kingdom and bless more people and lift others up. Listen, you should never grow higher by yourself. The higher God lifts you, the more you ought to lift up other people and say, I am a blessing. I am being blessed to bless other people. I do have favor, but my favor is to pour in to other people. That's who we are. If you're in question, you know what the problem is? As you walk, this is your life journey. As you walk through life, Satan them put tags on you. Can't learn. You've been, you've been molested and raped, so use goods. Keep walking. You just, you too dark. You're an African-American young man. There's no, there's no future for you. Been tagged. What has tagged you that you're wearing? We have allowed Satan and life events to put tags on us, which gave us a name, and many of us are walking out what Satan tagged us with. All of us have been tagged, and, so, and we are wearing it. Father wasn't there. Maybe mama wasn't there. We're tags. Tags. I don't know what your tag is, but I know you got a tag. How I know you got tags? Because that's what Satan does to prevent you from becoming what God has called you to be. And you know what? Watch this. Watch this. We will walk in what we believe. We will walk in what we have called the truth. Did you know the tag is not you? It's just a tag. And if it came on you, it can come off you. You know what? Since Jesus saved you, you know what Jesus has been trying to do? Take off 
the task. In, 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 in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, 26, he says, I, I, I wash you. I wash these tags off of you by my word. So I speak my word into your ear. I wrote my word to tell you you're chosen. You're elected. You're elected. You are ordained. You are called. You're anointed. You're empowered. You're a king. You're a prophet. You're a priest. You are gifted. You're talented. You are wise. You're my servant. You're my child. I love you. I got you. You're my beloved. You are somebody. You're my child. You're my inheritance. I will bless you. I will empower you. I will encourage you. Now watch this. You gotta choose to walk in that. You know what I learned? Anything that speaks other than what the word speaks to me, I reject it. You hear what I'm saying? I don't care who it's coming from. If it's not saying, calling me, but God calls me, but I know what the word calls me, it's a lie from the pit of hell. I don't care if your mama, I don't care if it's your daddy, I don't care if your brother, your sister, I don't care who it is. It's a lie from the pit of hell because I am who God says I am. You are who God says you are. You are, that's the way it is. The more you get the word of God and repeat it to yourself, the more faith kicks in and what is in you begins to come out of you. Walk the way the world will have you to walk if you believe the lie. Head down, stooped over. Okay, hold on. Let me show you something. Stop right there. It's a guy that I ministered him. He, he was at the men's retreat. He's from uh, Merrimont. And, and, and he used to walk with his head down, shoulders down, because of stuff that happened to him. Because of stuff that happened to him. He took on what happened to him. He took on what people said about him. When I saw him at the retreat, I barely recognized him. You know why? He said, people been saying, you've been working out? I said, Mike, it's not that you've been working out. It's that it was always there, but you was like, Who has you stooped over? Who got you, what, what's got you stooped over? And, and you not allow yourself to walk in who you are? Who, what, what lie are you allowing to stoop, stoop over? Head down, won't look nobody in the eye because you believe what the devil is saying about you. I came to say today that the devil is a liar. Say that with me. The devil is a liar. Come on, say that with me. The devil is a liar. I am who God says I am. I am 
who God says I am. Listen, 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 listen. Some of y'all think I'm just having you to say that. But listen, faith comes by hearing. Even if you hear yourself say it over and over again, the way this thing operates is that once it kicks in, it changes you. You need to let the tags fall off. You powerful. You anointed. You chosen. You got an inheritance. You got purpose. You got a calling. God, I adopted you. You're my child. I filled you with my spirit. The Godhead is in you. Me, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit has come to make our holding you. You're the temple of God. You are who I say I am. Right now, you're more than a conqueror. Right now, you're more than victorious. Right now, right now, right now, greater is he that's in you than the devil in the world. Right now, you are somebody. Right now, you're my child. Right now, you got access to my throne. Right now, if you ask, I would do it. Right now, you got kingdom purpose right now. It's his word. It's his word that I'll be speaking in your head. What's in your head? Because you will be what you allow in your head. Even though you're everything he says you are. You can't walk in it until you begin to believe it. Say with me, I'm a priest of the Most High God. I'm a prophet of the Most High God. I'm a child of the King. That means I'm royalty. Now give God some praise. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. Let me tell you what's happening. Don't you feel better about yourself? Didn't something just drop off? <laughs> Didn't something just rise up on the inside? Did, did, did something happen? There was a shift in your spirit. Until we realize that we're dealing and we're tapping into spiritual sources, God or Satan, and, I, and we are allowing whatever one we give yield to, is what is influencing us. Jesus is saying, says this to the Jews, he says, I want to bring you up under my covering like a mother hen covers her chick. Then he says, but you will not come. <laughs> I wonder if he's saying, I want to speak into you who you are. 
but you keep on listening to the other voices. I want to release you into all that I called you to be, but you don't believe me. I got more for you. I got more purpose. I got more power. I got more anointing than what you can believe. But you got to allow my word to take those tags off of you that the devil planted on you by the stuff that happened to you and allow me to wash you, to allow me to bring up out of you what I place in you. Listen, because you're saved, I don't have to add it. It's already there. But you got to allow my words to provoke the spirit in you to bring up out of you that you may see what I say is true to you. What's true to you? That's how this works. And it works if you work it. <laughs> it's not overnight. I I, I got to say one more thing. Who told you it was going to be easy? Who told you you wouldn't have to fight your way through? Who told you that you wouldn't have to force yourself to praise God even when you don't feel like it? Because I'm telling you, you got to fight. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to do things you don't feel like doing. I'm telling you, you got to praise him when all hell done broke loose. Matter of fact, you better praise him when all hell break loose. You better put your eyes on him. Say, hallelujah, I trust you, Lord. I will bless your name. The devil won't control my life. I say you're good, not just sometimes, but you're good all the time. I will bless your name. That's how you win. That's how you fight your way through.